0: So about Michael Jordan, how you go hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Basketball Addicts Podcast, where we answered the age-long question: How can you hate from outside the finals? We can't get in. <laughs> but today we're going to help some of these te- teams not hate from outside the finals. Oh. A lot of them are. Yes, we're going to help them out. So yes. we're going to, today. We're going to do a potential trades podcast. Well, so what we're going to talk about here is you know teams that should make some trades in order to. Be better than what they are. Maybe be a playoff contender, a championship contender. A lot of these teams can turn it around with just a few simple trades. Yes. Trades that I'm not seeing why they haven't made yet. Maybe they're just not smart. Maybe they just don't understand. Maybe they don't have the cap space. But we're gonna play a uh, play GM for a little bit, make some trades, and make some teams better. So what yeah. you got for me, Jason?
1: Uh, the first one is I feel like it's a
0: pretty obvious one.
1: Killian Hayes in Detroit is – he's not a bad player. He's not having a bad year. Um, It's just that he's playing at the point guard position. He's taking away from the development from Cade Cunningham, which nothing matters more to the Detroit Pistons' future than Cade Cunningham developing at the point guard. So – I would move him out of there. So we're trading Killian Hayes. So we need to find a spot with a team that doesn't really have a point guard or a young point guard that needs one. And a perfect fit would be to the Toronto Raptors for OG on an Because OG's a good three-point shooter. He's a good defender. He's six foot seven-ish. And he can be your two guard. And now you can have a really tall... Or you can put him at the three. And put Jeremiah Grant, the power forward. However you want to do it. But... Then you'd have that role player, a guy who knows what he's going to do. He's young. He fits the timeline. And then both teams improve. Um, and um, now you can have Pascal at the four and uh, Scotty Barnes at the three and Killian's at the one and find another shot creator for the two. Um, because mm. the Toronto Raptors go into the future with OG, Scotty, and Pascal all together. Three spots. They all defended extremely high level, but the, you have to get high level scorers out of your center and point guard position to really yeah. be a great team in the future. Uh, because none of them have above twenty two per game scoring upside. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I would do. So what are you thinking about that?
0: I, I'll, I'll see where you're going with that. Um, as far as that trade, that would make the most sense because, like you said, those three guys, you know, um og scotty barnes and pascal defend, defend extremely well and you will see that a lot of those defensive teams don't really understand their identity um mm-hmm. the, the Toronto is one of those people that uh teams that do say do have Fran van vliet i mean he can go off but he's not your star you don't. Yeah. you're not really depending on him to, t- to you know to take those last shots and to take it to the promised land i mean yeah they kind of have like this kind of Role player mentality in Toronto since they since they lost Kyle Lowry and they lost Kawhi, they don't really have a definitive star anymore there. Yeah. So I think making this move and then moving forward, maybe into getting maybe a you know star shooting guard or something in the future with some draft picks. I'm pretty sure they have a bunch of them. um Then that would work more with them. um And then on the other side. Uh, Detroit would allow K to really become what he needs to become in order for them to be successful in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So the next team that uh, needs to make a trade is the, uh, I mean, I think the Spurs should do whatever they can. It's hard to come up with trades to make this happen, but they basically have a team of guys that don't have star potential, like nobody on that team at all. So Mm -hmm. however they can try to acquire that is what I would do, even though that's hard to do in this trade that the Spurs does. I have them doing doesn't accomplish that. Um, Even though I tried, I really tried to figure out a trade for them to make that work. But uh, the trade is Kata beats Diop and for a second round draft pick for the Bulls. Now this is just draft pick hoarding. You know what I mean? Adding draft picks to your uh th- thing. You know he doesn't get a ton of minutes, but what he is is a six foot eight, six foot nine, defensive three and D guy. He doesn't get a ton of minutes for the Spurs right now, but that's exactly what the Bulls need depth of. They need depth of those three and D guys, those roll wings, those roll power forwards that they can throw into the rotation. And he's just another guy that they. They just need rotational guys, and you just would add a lot of add depth to the
0: pools. I can see where you're going with that. Um, as I'm thinking right now, as you were going through it, I'm thinking like, is there anything that could happen? But the the Spurs, they being tr- I mean, you know they let all their they let all their start I mean, their stars retire because they were really old. Mm. Um, and then Rosen left in free agency, so there was not much you could do about that. Um, so they are really just stuck with a bunch of like role players trying, like, masquerading as star players, especially with Lonnie Walker. Um, So I think that might make the most sense, as long as they can get something good out of the draft. You know, if they see something, see potential coming out there watching somebody in high school right now, if their scouts are really doing their job and not just in Europe, you know, looking around. Um, Yeah. If they're really doing their job and they really see some potential coming out, then that would be a perfect thing for them. Otherwise, they just fall into, like, more of this black hole that they're already in. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's sad to see Greg Popovich waste the twilight of his coaching career in, in San Antonio right now.
0: Yeah. He's not gonna leave. He's a he's a forever. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. The next one is uh definitely more of a big trade is so basically one thing that I think that uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves have proved to us over and over again is they don't know how to use Carl Anthony Towns, so they Absolutely. probably do not like value him as well as he should be valued, right? Absolutely. They they run their offense through the guards, and they need more wing depth. They need more wing talent. They need people who can play defense. They need, you know, talent those positions. Right. Um, Yeah, so one way to acquire that is trade him for Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton for the Suns. Now, why would the Suns do this? I know you love them, but I think they need another elite talent. And I think adding Cat with CP3 would scare the shit out of the NBA. Oh, for sure. Um, because because <laughs> all you, you, he can post and dominate. Yes. And he's a great three point shooter, but dear God, that pick and roll. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. And you have miles bridges, right? So now, uh, Mikhail bridges. So yeah, the guy from Villanova, good three and D forward. You could put him in there and you know, then that could be your starting, but put Chris Paul, uh, Mikael Bridges and Cat together, and find another three and D wing off your bench, and you have a great starting lineup. And uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves would gain, you know, a, a young forward with potential, a center with potential, and another guy that can play defense and it's three and D and Jay Crowder.
0: So, what are you thinking about that trade? Ah, uh, I okay. So how I am seeing it is like I feel like only one team completely benefits from this trade if that's whoever gets cat in the end cat mm-hmm. is cat is that type of player i mean yeah. yeah, you have anthony edwards but you're really not depending on cat i mean like yeah i know cat has been like in the nba for many many years now yeah. and he hasn't really quite hit his stride completely um but i think it's just the system that they have in minnesota where they refuse to jojo jo i mean they refuse to make him jojo of yeah. minnesota they refuse to do that I don't understand why, but that this is okay on the floor every night before they even got Anthony Edwards, before they got D'Lo, he was the best player on the floor. Yes, hands down. Why is your best player getting less touches? Why is why are you trying to crowd the lane from your best player? Why are you not setting up the system to benefit your best player? As Mm -hmm. soon as they drafted him, what they should have did they should have just surrounded him with shooters. That would. You would you would reach playoffs every year. There would be mm. no stopping that team because mm. that's just what you need. You need floor spacing. You need to let your big man go to work. We see yeah. this in Philadelphia. I mean, like, yeah, they don't have the best shooters, but they surrounded JoJo with shooters. They're not clogging the lane. He has room to operate. They refuse yes. to give cat room to operate and then get upset when he's not, when he's not dropping the, when he's not, being as effective on the court, but you continuously surround him by people who are smaller than him and put the ball and run the offense through him. It's yes. a coaching problem. It's a mm-hmm. GM problem. It's yes. an organizational problem. And yeah. I completely believe that Cat needs out. And I'm against one team benefiting solely from it. But at this point, Cat needs to go. And if it can happen, send Cat to Phoenix. He'll definitely he'll definitely reach his potential there. He's yeah. going to run the pick and roll perfectly. And they're they have so many shooters, they don't have to clog the lane. Yeah. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, I I think that the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves are so delusioned that they would think that this would be a good trade. Yeah, that that's yeah. my honest opinion. I, I I genuinely think they would think that they they won that trade.
0: What's his cap space right? I mean, like, what's what, what is he getting paid right now? He might, they might, he's he a, might be too expensive. Man. He's a man. yeah, he might be too expensive. I th- I I think. I think... Uh, he could sign. I think... In free agency. I think...
1: Uh, DeAndre Aiden hasn't signed that max yet, but if you wanted to make the trade work, you can just give DeAndre Aiden that contract. Yeah.
0: That, that's, way I think, yeah I think that's the only way I could think of that. Give him the max and then switch him. Yeah. Center for center. I got it. All right.
1: The uh, next one is... You know, Chris. I guess let's 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 hear your first reaction to the Boston Celtics. What do you think they need to do? What's wrong with them? What's, what's what, what? What are you thinking?
0: I said this on plenty of podcasts, especially those in the past, where I believe that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just don't work. They're too very identical. They're too identical, you know, in mm-hmm. play style right now. Um, so what we need to do is we need to go all in on one and ship the other. So what I would do is I believe more in Jason Tatum because he's yes. proven in my in my he's proven in my opinion he's proven it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like we've seen in the playoffs that he has the ability to take over games. Mm-hmm. He just has to just he really just needs to take that step forward. He he's he's there. He just need is one was like he needs to basically step through the door now and become the best player. That's yeah. really what he needs to do now. And I think the only way that would happen is if they remove Jalen Brown from the equation. Yeah, I know you want your dynamic duo. These are your two guys. But they would do so much better on their own teams than they would together. Yeah. They have a similar problem that, like, the Clippers have, where they're, like, Mm -hmm. two of where they're, like, you know, we're scoring from the same spaces. I can't really space because you're in my space type thing, you know? So if they can just remove Jalen Brown, they would be a 100% better team. But they have to add guard play. And what I mean by guard play is, I mean, they need a floor general. I said this before. I think that, you know, before Chris Paul signed with the Suns, I thought maybe Chris Paul would be a good fit over there if they can move Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. I think Ben Simmons might be a good fit over there if they can move Jalen Brown. Somebody who can really see the floor IQ and give the ball to the guy, which will be Jason Tatum at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so I have a trade that kind of tries to expedite this. Is uh, is Miles Turner... And Karis Levert getting traded for Jalen Brown. Now, uh, the reason why it works for the Indiana Pacers is they're a team that has a bunch of good players that needs a, a, a guy with all-star consistency that can really put the ball on the rim, has high upside, that yeah. can lead the team. So Jalen Brown is that guy. Um mm-hmm. They've been wanting to trade Miles Turner for a while because DeMontis Sabonis fits beautifully at the center position, um, especially with Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle's always been a guy who wants to get a threes. Now you can put a – what's his name? Uh, well, he's already in the starting lineup, but Chris Duarte is already going to be at his spot, the forward. right. Then you can move TJ Warren to the four. He's coming off the bench right now. Mm -hmm. Um, TJ Warren to the four, Dermont to the five, Jalen Brown to two and Malcolm Brown at the one. Now that team looks like a, a four seed in the playoffs, you know what I mean? The four or three seed. Um, and for the Boston Celtics, you're getting back Caris averts not this great mid range score. You know what I mean? He he's he's good at attacking the rim, finishing around the rim, and shooting good three point shots. He's like a poor man Zach Levine. Um, so he fits well with uh J um uh, Jason Tatum. I think he's averaging like twenty or twenty two this year. Carlos LeVert, and then Miles Turner fixed the problem that the Boston Celtics. Basically, the Boston Celtics are building their team the same way since they had Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford the first time yeah. around. Um, and they they are no longer have the talent to run that system. So I think Miles Turner is exact. I know, don't think Brad Stevens would do it, but I think Miles Turner is exactly what they need. They need a tall rim protector that can uh, defend shots, and he can space out and hit a three so you can fit Guelph well a pick and roll whenever they do get a point guard there and i think he is the high end center talent who's underrated in my opinion that will be okay you're one point guard away from going to like the playoffs extremely consistently if you have Jason Tatum, Carol Oliver, Miles Turner. So, um yeah, that's the way i would that's i think it works out for both teams. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I can see that working out, especially with the Celtics, because like you said, like in like I said before, like they are just really just missing that point guard mm-hmm. and getting adding that extra scoring ability. And now you have now you have, you know, a two level score and a three level score, and now you don't have the they're not doing they're not scoring from the exact same spots. And then you add Miles Turner in there. I mean, yeah, I do like uh I think his name is Robert Williams the third. I mm-hmm. think that's who it is. Um, I do like him, but I don't think that, I think he's more old, like a older center. Like he can dominate down low, but we need, you know, athlete, athlete athletic center, you know, who can block shots and space the floor. I think that yeah. Miles Turner would fit better there than he did. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next trade is somebody that we talk about a lot. So I know you're probably going to lead into it without even realizing it. Utah Jazz. What's wrong with the Utah Jazz?
0: Uh, what isn't wrong with the Utah Jazz? Um, the Utah Jazz has a big problem. The big problem that they have is that they keep sending out the same exact team year after year after mm-hmm. year after year. The only difference in their team is that they added Donovan Mitchell, and since then has been the exact same team every, every year, Damn. every year, every year. I mean, how far is? Um, Joe Ingles' hair going to receive before they finally trade him out. <laughs> like, <laughs> how far is he going to go back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's the biggest problem. Is yeah. they're just sending the same team out. They're not getting anything fresh. And the thing is that the the um, Quinn Snyder, I, I believe he's a great coach. Yes, um, he has a system. He has the ability to coach. He just they, it's just that his GM just keeps fucking him every year. Yes. Sends them, gives them the same, the same personnel, and expects them to do something different. You know what that is? Doing the same thing over and over and over, and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. They are insane in Utah, very yes. much so. Yes, they need new fresh blood, new star talent to pair next to Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell is your guy now. You yes. know that's just you. You already made that clear, but you need somebody to pair next to him in order for him to finally stop crying on the floor and hating from outside the finals because he can't get in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, the, yeah, so the way that we're going to try to do this is uh, I completely agree with you. Utah Jazz look like everybody not named Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert aged five years.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: they look old. They look like, like Joe Ingles doesn't look like he can guard my mom. Like He looks old as fuck. Like, right, Bogdan is looking old. Conley's look, like they for some reason look like they aged. Aged, you'd be surprised. Like Joe Engle's like thirty six or thirty five. Like these guys are old. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with you. So one way that we're gonna get a trade done is you're gonna trade Rudy Gobert and Jordan Clarkson. Finally. Um, but basically, Rudy Gobert is hard to find a team to trade for because he's he's a max. He's a max guy. So a team yeah. needs to have a max slot open, uh, and a team that usually has does a really good job with salary crap is the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks want to win right now, so you're going to give receive Rudy Gobert and Jordan Clarkson for Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney Smith, two future first round draft picks, and Moses Brown. Now, a lot of people may not know who Moses Brown is. He's a 22 year old seven footer that has extremely high upside. Um. So he fits the age, he fits the upside, and you kind of blow up the team and try to trade off these veteran pieces to try to build winners on other teams. And, uh, yeah, so what are you thinking about that trade?
0: Um, I think that's better. Um, I think we'll finally see if Rudy Gobert is the true defensive player of the year every year because he keeps mm-hmm. getting it, but. I, you do I've, okay. Side note, real quick tangent. Did you see what um, what is his name? He got traded since Timberwolves. He's like a he's like a he's like a pit bull.
1: Patrick Beverly.
0: Patrick Beverly. Yeah. You see what he said about Rudy Gobert? No. He said, like, if I was defensive player of the year, I would be guarding the best player on the floor every night. Rudy Gobert guards like. It was some no-name guy. That's what he guarded the entire night. Jesus. He was like, "That just doesn't add up to me." And yeah. then like, yeah, it doesn't add up. Why? If you're the defensive player of the year and you're a center, mm-hmm. who's the best center on the Timberwolves? There's none other than Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Why are you not guarding him? Jesus, I don't know. So I think this would expose Rudy, help the Utah Jazz because they get a fresh young core to come in now. Mm -hmm. And now they can grow and Donovan Mitchell can grow and really Mm -hmm. reach heights and they can finally get somewhere, especially with the two future first round picks because you don't know what they're going to turn into. You're giving up, you know, a little bit of defensive capability, air quotes, defensive capability. Yeah. Yeah, because it's faux defensive capability. Um, You're giving a little bit of that up. But Mm -hmm. in the end, you get a different squad. You get to see how you get to see what he can do with the squad, not named Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson. You know, not with the same exact team.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think that uh, I think I think they should blow up their veteran pieces to get uh. Uh, young pieces back. I think that we already know what they are. They don't never will never, never win an NBA championship. Um, but your Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell timeline is so long. You know what I mean. Yeah. So you have to start that process now before you lose him, because mm-hmm. if he, if it becomes two or three years from now and you have all these old guys, he's gonna be like, what's the point of me staying? Uh, but I think it works out for Dallas because KP can then stay at the four um kp's not a great defender they need a guy that is a defensive specialist yeah yeah they need a defensive specialist they need somebody who can be a shot blocker at the rim really consistently they've been looking for that for a long time and i think also jordan clarkson is that shot creator role that tim already hardaway's already in so i think i think that would work for both teams dallas
0: is trying to win you know what I mean? Yeah, Dallas falls into a, in a weird spot though, because if you're not named Luca, KP, or Tim Hardaway, then you're basically nobody on that team. Like that's the, mm-hmm. the like that's the whole team there. It's those three people. Yeah. And Tim Hardaway yeah. being your third best player does not work. That's not yeah. championship contender mentality. I mean no. championship contender like material at all.
1: No. hundred percent. I agree with you on that one. Couldn't agree with you more. No.
0: <sighs> all right, you ready for the next one? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, it's really blockbuster. <laughs> I'm listening. Oof. All right. So what do you think about the Portland Blazers?
0: Portland is another one of those teams like the Celtics that just needs to split up their dynamic duo. They've done it for too long. Um, and I can feel like it just doesn't work. They've tried it with the same duo. I mean, yeah, they, they changed the personnel. They do. They do switch it up but the dynamic duo stays the same. And it's just like, you just keep trying it with the same pieces. It's time to just give it a rest. Cause you know, they came in, I think either together or shortly after each other and they grew together, turned to an amazing, you know, a back court, but they're just not getting it done. Yeah. And I think that, they would, they're would. another two people, TJ and Dame is what I'm getting at, that would do better on their own teams. So it's either you trade Dame and leave CJ or you trade CJ and leave Dame.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Um, so the, the trade I have going here is the thing about the Miami Heat is they have one problem, and that problem is they have the problem of a better version of the Boston Celtics a few years ago where they have this mix of good older talent and young talent that don't fit on the same timeline. So -hmm. if you take away Jimmy Butler and you tell okay, we have Bam going into the future, we have Hero going to the future, we have Duncan Robinson going into the future, you take away uh, Jimmy and Lowry, that's not a lot of talent, right? That's, That's not even the That's like a borderline playoff team, right? So um, I think you have a rare situation with uh, Lowry, with Jimmy Butler and a a guy who fits your system and a bunch of old role players. I think I would try to go win a ring. Mm -hmm. So I would trade Hero, Lowry, Duncan, and Bam for Dame, CJ, and Nurchik. Yeah. So now the Portland Trailblazers have Amphrey Simmons in the future, point guard. Tyler here rose the two. Duncan Robinson as a three. Lowry can be your point guard now, or you can try to trade him. And bam for the center. That's a hell of a package. And this, yeah. the Portland Trailblazers have to sell this year. Because every year they get older, Dame's new contract where he can get paid $50 million a year is coming up. So you don't want to trade him when he's getting paid $50 million because it would be harder to move him. Yeah. Um, and the Portland Trailblazers can have Dame, CJ, Butler, P.J. Tucker, and Yosef Nurchik. That's an NBA championship team because and everybody gets put at the right roles. Mm-hmm. Dame Lillard is a number one on an NBA champion. Jimmy Butler is not a number one on NBA champion. He's a two. And then CJ McCollum can be what he has always been, which is a three on an NBA champion. Mm-hmm. Now that makes a lot of sense. And because they have so much defensive talent on that team in depth that it makes a ton of sense because dame and CJ aren't great defenders but well, we have a great defensive team and I have Joseph to do the same role that he's doing in Portland and I think I think that team would be an NBA champion in Portland you can't get a better return on your assets of dame and CJ and Nurchick better than Hero, Lowry, Duncan, and Bam. So what are you thinking about that?
0: So yeah, I I think that's a really good trade. I like the fact that Portland gets younger and gets a whole new identity for itself. Mm-hmm. Bam, Duncan, and Hero, perfect. And I think this gives Hero the opportunity he needs to grow because Jerking we see serious. that and that's gonna be scary for the rest of the NBA because I believe you had talked about it before about the about Hero in Miami where He's coming off the bench. He really should be starting, and Duncan Robinson shouldn't be starting over him because he's mm-hmm. like really the most deadly squirrel on that team. So once you give him his own team, basically, you could, you pretty much make him the guy at that point because yeah. you don't have a guy. You make him the yeah. guy. You put the ball in his hand, let him take you where he where you need to go. Build the team around him, and you go far. That's yeah. pretty much how it goes. Yeah, I
1: agree. I think I think this would be a really good fit for both teams. Yeah. Um, I highly doubt something like this would happen. It would literally blow the MEA. but as like hard as the Lakers are having at like gelling and the Nets obviously with Kyrie being out, um this this is like an odd year where uh, you can make a trade and try to win a ring like this this season. Uh um, yeah. so I think I think that he should do that. Yeah. Um are you ready for the next one? Yeah. All right, Chris. Tell me what's wrong with the Denver Nuggets.
0: The problem with the Denver Nuggets is not their starting five. The problem with the Denver Nuggets is they have so much talent that they're sitting on. They're sitting on a gold mine worth of talent. They're refusing to use their pieces. Um, they have Bowl Bowl, which is like probably could come in right now and play right next to uh, Jokic and make a big impact. And they just won't put him in the starting lineup. They won't even put him in the rotation. Um and he's just being slept on. And MPJ, I know, like, he got hurt and he's out. But he just needs to take that step. We've really just been waiting on him to take that step. Like, he's showing hes showing flashes. He's showing that he can do it. We really just need to make that step. It's kind of where we're going with this is that Denver just has their draft really well. But then they sit on all their talent and don't do anything with it. So it's a lot of trade assets that they've got required in the draft. And there's a lot of people who they could play right now who would be instant impact on their team. And yes. help them, and leads them to a winning season, um, but they're just not willing to dig deep into their bag of goodies because they have a deep bag of goodies right now.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that uh, if I'm the GM, I'm pissed. <laughs> like you're not playing Bobble. Like I'm, I'm. If you're not going to use my bag of goodies in the way that it should be, we're going to trade the bag of goodies, and we're going to get yeah. good pieces. So we're going to trade Bulbul, Aaron Gordon, MPJ for Bradley Beal. Now, I'm pretty sure MPJ is going to get big contracts, so that would probably work, and so is Aaron Gordon. Um, obviously, that Wizards teams need to blow it up. I know that they might have a winning record, and they might make the playoffs, but that team has no room to grow. They need to blow it up. They need to get rid of Beal, and they need to just accept rebuilding. Um So, yeah, and Bradley Beal would be a perfect fit in that pick and roll with Jokic. You need a guy who can shot create for himself. You need at least shot creators. And, you know, the Denver Nuggets can go win an NBA championship uh, with this kind of trade. So this is what I would do. What are you thinking about that trade?
0: I like it, um, but only for the simple fact that my Nuggets get Beal. And that makes them a championship contender automatically. Even though they're already a championship contender, but now you're even making them like even more of a possibility to win the West. Yeah. As long as Jamal Murray comes back and plays how he was before, you have Jokic, who's your who's your you know MVP, and then you add Bill to that equation, it works perfectly. One thing I will say is that Washington is in a weird space where they're winning games and it's kind of diluting the fact that they do need to blow it up. But I yeah. think even if they blow it up, this is the best possible way to blow it up because they get so much back. Yes. Um. Because you already have Kyle Kuzma, who's playing pretty good right now. Um. You have KCP, who's playing pretty good right now. You have a lot of the, what Washington's playing pretty good right now. Yeah. But adding Bull Bull to that, you know what I'm saying? Let him because he's definitely going to get reps on that team. There's no reason why he wouldn't. Yes. That's a young guy. You're yeah. going to add um MPJ to that team. That's a young guy who had who really just needs to take a step. It's literally yes. a step. It's literally a step forward, and he destroys the NBA. He's like yeah. six, seven, like tall guard. Score three levels. Take over a game if he has to. He's that type of player. If he just takes a step forward, yes. um, and that's big for Washington because they would that would literally make their star. They would they would literally trade for their star for a future yeah. star. Yeah, trade for and two possible
1: print, future stars.
0: Right, because you you have Bowl, Bowl as well, and then you have already have the role players there. Yeah, so you automatically become like a playoff contender when they develop. Yeah, and who yeah. knows how quickly Bo Bo might develop once he starts getting reps. Yeah, yeah, because he's showing flashes. Doesn't MPJ happen. showing flashes. If he's Doesn't on happen. on the right team and the right system, they both excel and they both become championship contenders.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> All right, tell me what is wrong with the Atlanta Hawks.
0: So. I would never consider this a bad thing. But for the Atlanta Hawks, and then the way the NBA is moving right now, young talent goes a long way, but they have a surplus of young talent. Mm-hmm. And it needs to either be traded away because now you these guys are great. You know what I'm saying? And they're good, but they would they really, need, they really need to end up on their... They up kind of blow it up a little bit, and they need to end up on their old team and then give some veteran presence to that team. That's what they're lacking in Atlanta. They have so much young talent. Great coaching, by the way, by Nate McMillan. Yes. But they just don't have any veteran presence at all. They yeah. have a, too much young talent. Too much. Oh, and, yeah. they, and that turns into great trade assets. So you can get something great if you move the right pieces. Because all of those guys on that team, high upside. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, So, basically, we're going to put Cam Reddish in a trade. I mean, Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you, and it's like a financial issue. Like, if you have that many young players, how are you paying all of them? Yeah. so we're trading Cam Reddish because you have Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Um, you're trading Kevin Herter because you have Kevin Herter and Bogdan. You're trading John Collins because uh, you're trading. You're getting receiving a great player and you need to make the contracts work. And you're trading away Sharif Cooper because why do you need a developing backup point guard for when you have Trey Young? Just get a guy like I don't know Patty Mills or some sort of shot creator. It's not that hard. Um, That's a backup level guy. And a first-round draft pick. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. a lot of assets. You're trading them for Brandon Ingram. That's fair. Um, fair. So, you know, the Pelicans, you can have Cam Reddish at the three, Kevin Herter at the two. You can uh, either keep John Collins. You know, you might say, I don't want to keep Zion and John Collins. Why would I make the trade? You could trade John Collins. You don't have to keep him. Um mm. and you've received Sharif Cooper in a future first. Um if you want if honestly, if I was the Pelicans GM, I would then trade John Collins and um who's that point guard? Dan uh, Graham. Uh yeah, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. You pair Devontae Graham and John Collins, you can get a good young point guard um in there. Like Therese Halliburton. Um so then you have a team that fits around Zion. Um, the Brandon Ingram Zion pairing is just like they don't seem to really appreciate Brandon Ingram, and you can get all these young pieces um, that can really grow into the future. It's 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 honestly it's a hell of a trade for Brandon Ingram. It's a lot of assets, but why would Atlanta do it? Dear goodness, Brandon Ingram as your two—that scare the crap out of teams. You have Trey Young, Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter. People forget how good DeAndre Hunter is defensively. He's a six-eight mm-hmm. defensive monster. So you, you can rotate that with Brandon or Ingram and have them at the three and the four, and start Clint Capella. And they're all young, other than Clint. But you have Onyeka and behind Clint. Like yeah. that's a that's a young core, a young five that can win NBA championships legitimately in the future. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, uh, what are you think about that trade?
0: I like it. I like it. I think pulling Brandon Ingram from that terrible situation was best for him in his career going forward. Yes. Because Zion's not playing, and they really kind of – they don't value him as much as they should. mm mm-hmm. Considering the moves they made in the offseason, they do not value him as much because they would have did everything to keep Lonzo. Yes. Um, and they wouldn't have traded people and they already have people filling those and they already have him filling those positions. They wouldn't have traded for um for uh Steven for Steven Adams and they already had Zion. They shouldn't it wouldn't have traded for uh Valanchunas. for Valanchunas, you know. Yeah. They wouldn't have traded for that.
1: Yeah. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah.
0: So I think that puts him in a better position to win because I that's what he wants to do. He's a winner. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it would be an interesting t- trade. I, th- I think it would work. Um, it's crazy that the Atlanta Hawks bench could be traded for Brandon Ingram, but basically their bench plus John Collins could be traded for Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Um, they're just in a special spot with young quantity of young talent. All right, the next one. Oh, Chris, tell me what is wrong with the Philadelphia 76ers-Ben Simmons situation. I know you, you're his favorite player. He's your favorite player. Let's hear it.
0: The problem with Philadelphia is that they don't have Ben Simmons. And if they did have Ben Simmons, they would be even, even more rut. So what they need is – you already know who your best player is on the floor, Joel Embiid, every night. So you surround this team with shooters. It's kind of like the same Timberwolves type of deal. Like you just surround it with shooters. You put shooters around Joel Embiid, and you, and you get a point guard, a point guard that can knock down a consistent shot. Once again, CP3 fits great on so many of these teams. Ben Simmons would technically fit if he would just, you know – if he could get it together, and he could knock down a shot every once in a while, if he was yeah. willing to even improve a little bit, he would be. He would be a better from this team than most. Um, but going off of that, not really want to get on Ben Simmons anymore. I did too much of that during out throughout most of our podcast earlier. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really what their biggest problem is that they just don't have. A high IQ guard like Ben Simmons right now and they just need to... Re- I mean, like, they went all in on Joel Embiid, which is perfect, but they need to surround him by more shooters, more consistent shooters, more people could knock down shots based on floor, because he could base the floor as well. Don't yeah. want to turn him into too much of a three-point shooter. Let him dominate and bang down low with the best of them, because that's what he could do. He could dominate. He could dominate Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is not a defensive player of the year in his eyes. No. Yeah. He could dominate Cat. He's not, the, he's, not, he's not great in his eyes. You know, like... He could yeah, dominate so many of these bigs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. So now tell me what you think about De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell all being together. <clears throat>
0: it's too similar. They, they, they have a similar they, – they, instead of having just two players, they have three of the players that that kind of, you know – do too much of the same. And I think that when they split them up, depending on who they can get back, I mean not necessarily split them up, but they can keep a couple of them together. But if they hit split them up and depending on what they get back, they could they could turn that Sacramento franchise around. And then also improve and I mean they don't want to improve the other team, but they can also improve the other team as well. Yeah. Because the Aaron Fox is like he's a 30 plus points per game score. He's really coming into his own. Tyrese halliburton has a high upside. Davion Mitchell has a high upside he has an offensive identity already. You know, he knows what he's on the court to do. High level role player and what he can become.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. So, um, we're going to make a trade here. It's going to be De'Aaron Fox or Ben Simmons. Uh, this works for the 76ers because you're getting back that shot creator you need. You're getting still having a point guard that can make everybody else better. Um, he fits better with Embiid as somebody who can shot create from three levels. Uh, and the Kings get better because they can't defend anybody to save their lives. And Ben Simmons is a high-level defender guard, one through five. Um, he... Is an extremely good force, and his style of play fits the Kings roster because they have a unholy amount of shooters on that team. Like they play small ball, they like to have shooters, they have to have shot graders. So he fits perfectly because when he drives to the rim, he has all this spacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also has Halliburton and Davion. Shock rating from the you have that shock creation still that you need to be a successful team and then we pair Davion with Ben Simmons you also get a defensive identity and I think that would really improve the uh, Kings greatly I think he'd be he's a perfect fit on the Kings so what do you think about that.
0: I like that. That's not something I technically thought of before. Ben Simmons to going to Sacramento Kings for De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox will work well with that Philadelphia team. I mean, like if you can't get Dame, De'Aaron Fox is the next best thing, in my opinion, because um, just with that shot creation ability, and then you you know you spread you spread the floor. Ben, I mean, and Joel Embiid has really played with a point guard that has passing ability and can shoot as well. So you know, uh, like a high level point guard, I would say. Um, yeah, so that would really be a a better pairing, and then also Sacramento gets better too. Like they can have Ben Simmons to push the pace, you know, distribute the ball at such a high level, as well as defend. So, and then you open him up, and he could still, you know, he can still be a that he could become like a twenty plus points per game scorer again. And we won't even be thinking about oh damn he can't shoot threes, oh damn he can't you know hit free throws that well. You know, we would kind of ignore that as long as he's able to. Be effective and be efficient on the floor, not just defensively like he was in Philadelphia, you know, because right now that's what all he was really able to do is just play high level defense. But if he can open up the, if they can open up the floor, space it for him and open up the lane, he could really become like a good scorer.
1: Yeah, he can definitely still be a very good uh, basketball player. I really think that uh, that pairing would just fit so beautifully together between. Uh, those those three. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent there with you, Chris. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Again. and i I think I think this works well for both teams. They really need to move on for Ben Simmons and get that kind of yeah. away from that phase of their NBA careers. You know what I mean? Like they just need to move to the next chapter in Philly.
0: For sure, yeah. Because the longer he sits on that roster yes. and not playing, it That's becomes more of a blemish. You. All right, the next one,
1: Clippers. Tell me what's wrong with the Clippers.
0: Well, that problem doesn't really persist right now because Kawhi is injured. But when he comes back, we'll see that problem again. The problem is that they have the same problem as Portland, same problem as Celtics, (laughs) exact same problems. They have two guys who they went all in on. They're two best players, Mm -hmm. and they score from the exact same spots. Yes, Paul George would do better on his own team. Kawhi Leonard would do better by himself. We, this has yeah. been proven. I mean, like, they, I don't think they, they do well together. I mean, like, yeah, you just 30-plus points a game, you know, together. You know what I mean? But they just don't work, and we see that they don't work. But they're going to try to run it back again. I know they will, but they're not going to work.
1: Yeah. So one way that I think that this works for both teams is they trade them for somebody that's not a two or three, and the pairing is Jamal Murray. So, Jamal Murray with Kawhi Leonard makes a lot of sense. They shoot from different positions. Finally, you're going to have that point guard superstar with Kawhi. Um, he can get that point guard duties off of his chest. And we all know Jamal Murray goes Super Saiyan in the playoffs. Yeah. So, that team wants to win the playoffs and be good in the playoffs. So, I think it would improve their team. In dear goodness, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Monte Morris, and Jeff Green... Plus Jokic is an NBA champion. For sure. Um that would be insane. That would destroy the NBA. That would oh my goodness. Literally, you would be an NBA champion. They have so much young depth with Bones Highland and Zeke Naji, and they just they always have young depth. They still retaining Will Barton in this theory, so he's becoming off the bench behind Beale, like this team would be ridiculous. Uh so yeah, nuggets go win a championship yeah you have all these young pieces you don't want to... yeah you have all these young pieces you don't want to use them trade them go win it a ring yeah for sure yeah. all right the last one is an interesting one. Um, it's a smaller trade. it's basically. The Utah Jazz getting some young uh, talent. Kai Jones is far away from being productive for the Hornets. I think they're trying to win. I think that uh, they like JT Thor, too. He's kind of like that lanky power forward as well. Um, And they have Miles Bridges as well at power forward already. So Kai Jones is an odd fit unless you want to put him at the center position. And I guess that would make sense, but he's far away. Um, so I would do Ki- Kai Jones and some contract filler player that makes this trade work for Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Jazz. So now you have Bogdanovich, Ball, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. That's a lot more scoring. You know, it's a professional score on that team. Um, I think that would work and help them make the you make a good playoff run, and make the playoffs very easily and the utah jazz gets somebody with high upside now you have moses brown and kai jones moving in the future and two first round draft picks with donovan mitchell so you can really uh move forward to the future uh you have great two great lob threats and going into the future as well with donovan mitchell so what do you think about that trade
0: anything to improve utah and get the same people off their roster. I'm all for (laughs) any slight changes excites me. Um, yeah, that's just how it goes for that. And I think that, you know, Charlotte gets better. Utah gets better. Everybody improves. And that's just what I want to see out of the NBA. We want, we need more competition. Charlotte's already a great team adding, you know, especially if you get like just contract filler. I mean, that's fine as well. Um, that still improves the team in some some capacity. Utah gets better. I mean cuz now they have somebody who they can look forward to in the future, especially when you have Donovan Mitchell for so long. Eventually mm-hmm. he becomes something. They pair him next to Donovan Mitchell and then now they're looking like a better like a totally different team now. That's really what they okay. need. They need a they need a center that can turn or like, you know, like a big that can become something. They already yeah. know what Rudy Gobert is. Rudy Gobert is a center, defensive specialist, yeah. so called. Um whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um Needs somebody who can really show and improve and yeah. you know, and that's what Kai Jones is. He's athletic, he has it, you know, he just needs some time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hundred percent there with you. And I
1: think I think an overarching point from a lot of these trades is there are teams that are one trade away. That their beliefs and the way they view basketball and the way, you know, they have problems with the way they view, you know, as an organization and one trade away from either making a great rebuild for the future or you're one trade away from going and winning NBA finals. I mean, we we made the Denver Nuggets into an NBA champion level team. We made the the Miami Heat into an NBA champion level team. We made the Chicago Bulls much better. We made the Celtics fit a lot more. We made the Indiana Pacers better. I mean, we made the Dallas Mavericks better. Like the Atlanta Hawks are a legitimate future NBA champion contender with Brandon Ingram and Trey Young. Like, as long as you're creative, you can build a super team yeah. with one good trade as long as you find another team that needs what you have. And a lot of teams do need have certain needs and just
0: got to fill them oh man i couldn't say that better than my, i couldn't have said that better myself you really broke that down perfectly jason for sure because a lot of these teams are really seriously like how many guys have we talked about today that's it they just need to take a step and and even mm. if you look at the previous podcast where we were going at least where we talked about drafting like some of these guys just need a change in system to really show what they really are capable of and what we all thought they were capable of. I mean, Mm. think about this for a second. You talked about We talked about MPJ today. MPJ is really a step away from becoming possibly the greatest, I mean, the best nugget to ever took grace of basketball. Like, possibly. Mm. You know, like, Mm. he has that kind of upside. Yes. But he's hurt right now, you know, so maybe put him in a different situation, let him, you know, then he can maybe be able to take that step forward. Who knows? Maybe the fact that he has Jamal Murray and Jokic two of the best players on that team right now and you know in the like probably one of the best combos in the nba you and the best pick and roll combo at that um that might just be like scaring him off away from from taking the step forward that he might need to a lot of times that happens a lot of times when you get stuck with superstar players instead of learning and wanting to take the step with them you kind of back off a little bit you're like well i don't Mm -hmm. really need me that much they have these two guys When they're wanting you to take that step forward, a lot of times you Mm -hmm. need to get to that other team, like Jalen Brown Mm -hmm. might be able to hit that other team. I mean, he's already, we already showed him superstar, all-star potential with Celtics. Maybe he needs to hit that other team where he can really like, okay, I don't have to, I'm not in Jason Tatum's shadow anymore. He's not in my shadow anymore. We both have our own separate teams. Now let's see what we can accomplish. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just takes that. Yeah, it takes a change of scenery. A change of scenery goes a long way, especially in NBA, because there's so many different systems running around the NBA. So many different offensive schemes, so many, t- yes. so many defensive schemes, where you can find somewhere you fit anywhere in the NBA. A lot of teams that yes. you get, dri- a lot of times the team that you get drafted for is not the team that works for you, unless they're willing to go all in on you and change their offensive mm-hmm. scheme to match what you what you bring to the table. A lot of times, teams don't do that. Yeah, but you can find a team that does.
1: Yeah, yeah, you are one hundred percent right. I mean, a great example of that is Golden State Warriors. A lot of players that are great in the Golden State Warriors that are re- bench guys and role players, like Kevon Looney, has been the backup center there forever. He's a six foot nine, fluid guy that guards multiple positions. You put him for the uh, Philadelphia Seventy ers as JoJo's backup instead of having Andre Drummond doesn't make much sense. Yeah, that's, that's a great example of like the point you are trying to make is the system and the scheme really matters. So, yeah, I'm 100% there with you, Chris.
0: Yeah, Get some of these guys take a step forward if they were to make these moves. I mean, they probably won't, but if they were to make these moves, a lot of these guys would take that extra step because they're not, yes. Now you will have, so now MPJ would have no choice but to take that step forward because it will be his team, you know? He, yes. Daniel Brown would have no choice but to take that step forward and to reach all star levels. I mean, he's already all star, but to reach even higher heights, you know, within the yes. NBA, we might look at him a lot differently if he was to get his own team. You know, Jason Tatum we yeah. would look at it differently if he was to get his own team. He would be forced yeah. to make these steps forward because they will become the guy.
1: Yes. No, I agree with you.
0: No longer living yeah. in somebody else's shadow.
1: Yeah. I'm 100% there with you, Chris. Do you have anything else you want to say?
0: Not really. Just thank you guys so much for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Basketball Addicts Podcast, where once again, we answer the age-long question, how can you age from outside the finals we can't even get in. So, I'm Chris Muhammad. I'm Jason Collins. And we're the Basketball Addicts. Peace. Ouch.